Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. From the Fifth Quarter Studios in Madison, Wisconsin, you're listening to Coach Unplugged. And now, your host, Steve Collins. Hey, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Coach Unplugged. So excited you decided to join us today. Before we jump into the podcast, I'd like to give a couple of shout-outs to our sponsors. But before that, hey, go leave a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts, um, or if it's iTunes or something, we'd love those five-star reviews. Go over and leave those. They help so much, and that's why we're able to keep this podcast free at this point. Also, go over and check out um, our two sponsors. First of all, Dr. Dish, the number one shooting machine on the market, bar none. Um, it will, I mean, I, I, yeah, that phone me, and I'll tell you how great it is. Uh, mention Coach Unplugged, they'll give you $350 off. Also, go over and check out teachhoops.com for, co- for coaches who want to get better. Uh, right now, we're running a quarterly membership, which I think is unique. Um, but what I think makes our our membership unique is it's run by me. It's run by someone that's been there. Um, has, it coaches every day, 24-7, in the gym, dealing with the parents, all that. Not run by a college coach. Not run by um, a big conglomerate. It's me. And uh, I think it's like if you need if you need help on a Tuesday in February, I'll be there to help you. So come over and check out teachhoops.com. Um, it is the one-stop shop, and our roadmap is second to none. It, it will it will it will walk you through the steps you need to to put rings on the finger and pictures on the wall. So let's head off to the podcast. All right, welcome, Coach White. So I've watched, I've admired, and watched Coach White from afar. Um, and him and I, before we came on, we're talking about that. I know I, I know we coached in some tournament together. I just can't. I'm gonna have to go back. I should have done my research a little bit better, but. With COVID nineteen, it seems like people are coming more available to do podcasts. It's amazing. <laughs> it's, it's, I, I, it's crazy. You'll love this, Coach. I'll tell a story and then we'll get into your intro. But I, I sent out like, um, you know, on Facebook and stuff, and I sent out, hey, I'm looking for some podcasts, and I'm thinking about doing practice drills and practice things. And I opened up about fifteen slots in about a five day period, and they all filled up in like 
32 minutes. It was like, wow. Uh, I guess, I guess everyone is sitting around available. It's great. Right. So right. it's, it's good for me. I'm going to have lots of content. I might be able to make it if we have basketball season next year, I might be able to make it through basketball season next year and not have to record. You know, I might have enough, <laughs> the, I might have enough in the tank. So while we uh, have basketball season next year, it's, that's, that's a depressing thought. It is a depressing can. thought. So I, I'm a, I'm a stats teacher by profession. I, I'm a basketball coach, but I teach statistics. And, um, I think fall is looking doubtful. Um, I think winter will be shortened if we have it. I really yeah. do. Um, it's just I don't know the the math the math scares me. So I try not. I try to do these. Try to do podcasts more than I try to do uh, look at the math behind all this. Right. <laughs> uh, but again, both of us are very blessed. We have houses, food, shelter. You know, there's lots of people that don't have that. Um, right. All right. So Coach White, I'm going to have you go through and introduce yourself. Um, and then I'd like you to go through your kind of your basketball journey. I think you've had a great basketball journey. Um, and then I'm going to, I'll jump in and ask some questions along the way. Cause I have some questions about it. And then we'll, uh, we'll drive dot, drop. Uh, we'll, we'll jump into talking about practice and practice drills and some other things. So go ahead. All yours coach. Okay. Uh, coach Sharman white. I'm currently the hip men's basketball coach at pace Academy located in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, I'm also the associate athletic director there. Um, my basketball journey. Basically. Hey, before we go on to that, so um, the, we're, we're doing this, what is it, the end of April right now is when we're doing this, and your state just opened up. Are you going to get your hair cut or anything like that? No, no, I'm going to rough it out. We're You're going to rough it out. <laughs> I'll be fine. I'm not, I'm not in a hurry to get back out. You're not old enough that. to remember the Flovey, the one that used to hook to the um, – to the uh, vacuum cleaner. There used to be one that when I was a kid that would hook up to the vacuum cleaner. You'd do your hair that way. It might yeah. end up being something like that. I'm like, <laughs> it's growing, but I'm not in a hurry to get back to the barbershop. <laughs> Either am I. I. Zero. It's like the dentist. Yeah, zero. Exactly. Yes. All right, uh, go ahead. So you're at pace right now. Yeah, at pace right now. But I, I started coaching um, as soon as I graduated from college in 95. Uh, I went to uh, start teaching and coaching at a bunch middle school in Atlanta. And uh, I was an assistant coach my first year, worked with an older gentleman uh, who was a good coach. Um, after the season, first season ended, uh, he came to me right after the season and asked me would I be interested in taking over. And uh, I said yes. I didn't, I didn't know what I was getting myself into from the standpoint. <laughs> I knew I wanted to coach. I knew all those things. But to jump right into it, I, you know, I was thinking I was going to be there a couple of years to learn up under him and all that good stuff. But I was thrown right into the fire, so to speak. And I took it on and I, you know, coached at Bunch Middle School for six years, uh, had a lot of success. Um, also, while I was coaching at the middle school, I was assisting at the feeder high school, which okay. was Terrell High School in Atlanta. So I was doing a little bit of both. And so I was trying to learn the process of, you know, just being a coach and, you know, uh, learning from great guys. And then uh, after that six year, I got the call to uh, be the head coach at Carver High School in Atlanta. Um, which was like the stepchild of the system. They had only won three games a year prior to me coming. And it was a different type of, you know, a lot. Of, I, I reached out to a lot of my mentors and asked them, should I take it? Because, you know, I felt like it was not the greatest job. But, you know, a lot of, a lot of guys were saying, hey, this is a chance to, you know, earn your stripes, or, you know, cut your teeth a little bit and get into it. You want to be a head high school coach. So this is a great opportunity. You got to look at it as that. And so I did. And uh, the year I got there, you know, we lost our first six games. 
but I kept working, kept working with the guys. I had to go in and kind of change the mindset, change the culture, so to speak. It sounds like me, coach. When I took over our program, we were like the door. We were like the Rodney Dangerfield of our go. Oh, it's horrible. I was yeah. the only guy that I was the only one that applied. Like he's yeah. up <laughs> like, well, and, but that's what I think sometimes coaches are looking for that perfect fit. And it's right, like, right, right. And I, I tell a lot of younger coaches that too. I tell them this story because, you know, you, you, so you're waiting around for the perfect job. Sometimes the perfect job doesn't look perfect. You just got to go out and make it perfect and make it what it is for you. Yeah. But anyway, I, you know, we, we lost our first six games. We, we got, kept grinding, kept putting my, you know, nose to the ground and just kept working with our guys. And by the end of the season, you know, they finally had gotten to where, you know, they, they understood, they, you know, they bought in, they were hungry. Um, and they saw that I cared. And so uh, we ended up finishing that year 11 and 17, but we were, we were within three games of winning the state championship just to kind of give you. An I idea. know. I, so I, there's two things in that. First of all, I had a 10 gamer in my first year and I refer to it as the streak. <laughs> well, I think it's like 10% of my entire coaching losses was in the streak, but I we played the same, we played the same team twice. It was like, Oh God. Yes. Um, <laughs> it was crazy. It was like, um, but I think you're right. It's like, I think for, especially for young coaches that are listening, a lot of it is the mentality part. Like you, I had to go in and change a lot of things and I ruffled a lot of feathers, but I had to change a, a culture, a mentality that, you know, I don't care what you've done in the past. We're not doing right. this. Right, exactly. Yeah. And so, yeah, we, we, we finished really strong. We knocked off a number, a lot of number one seeds to get to the state playoffs and get within three games. You know, we got to the quarterfinals. Uh, we lost in the quarterfinals, but, you know, we had made our mark. And the next year we went to the state playoffs, ended up losing in the first round the next year. But then our third year we went to the state championship game. And, again, with a school that most people had counted out, we had brought them back to prominence. And, uh, you know, we lost in the state championship game, but it was, it was a great run. And then from there, I got a call from Miller Grove. It was a brand new school. Uh, you know, it was an awesome opportunity. I got like eight, eight or nine different offers from different schools to come in. And I guess that's another thing, you know, you look at for young coaches to see, like sometimes that the job you're, you're working at is preparing you for the next job possibly. Right. So you just have to kind of like believe and have faith in what it is you're doing and, you know, your players and what have you. But, I got the call from Miller Grove. Um, they offered me the athletic director position as well as head basketball coaching position. Uh, I took it. And, you know, the thing, the difference between that one and Carver was that I got to set the culture from the beginning. So every guy that walked through the door, they would know exactly what it was we were doing. Unlike Carver, I had to go in and kind of change it around and right. change it from what it was. So it was a big difference. And so, and where's um, Miller? Where is this? That's where you were coaching when you and I played. We probably were so, yeah. Where, um, where is, um, where is that located in relation to Atlanta? Is that a Southern suburb? It's, it's east of Atlanta, probably east, about okay. maybe 10, 10 miles, maybe. And they were miles. building a new, they, they were building a new school. Is that what happened? Yeah. They, they, yeah, it was a new school it was opening up, you know, you know, that fall. And so, okay. um, I got reached out to by the principal that was gonna, the person that was going to be the principal. Um, and I took it, you know, I thought it was a great opportunity and, Again, like we, you know, we had, you know, um, we opened up as a ninth and tenth grade, so we competed on a varsity level as with ninth and tenth graders because I wanted to kind of like give them a little sense of what it would be like. And so every year after that, we added a grade. So like the next year, we went ninth, tenth, and eleventh, and then we had ninth, tenth, eleventh, twelfth. But through that process, again, we were, you know, we we were able to 
you know, have some great players. Um, and we had a lot of success. You know, we, we won at one point six straight state championships, which is a record in Georgia. And then we, when I finished, we had seven out of eight. Uh, the last eight years we went seven for eight in state championships. So also had a chance to go to Dick's. Um, we did, we were the only public school to win a game at Dick's. So we had a lot of success there. And then I got the call from Georgia State. I had been kind of entertaining college opportunities before that. Uh, but it just, I didn't feel like it was the right fit or the right, right time or what have you. And I always felt like I didn't want to leave the next group. And I was like, I got to stay here for this kid. And then that <laughs> That's what I always tell people. There's always another, if you're a, if yeah. you're a coach, it's like, oh man, that seventh grade group looks yeah, really good. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So I finally got up and I, I thought that, uh, you know, the, I got an offer from Georgia State uh, to come be an assistant coach. And, and the thing about it was I didn't have to move. I didn't have to take my kids out of different school. Uh, I didn't have to do any of that, didn't relocate or anything. That I could just stay where I was. And so just drive 20 minutes, you know, downtown right. Atlanta to work. Right. And, you know, I thought it was a great opportunity to work for a great guy, Ron Hunter. Uh, they, had, they had just came off a big win uh, against Baylor in, in the NCAA tournament where his son hit the winning shot. Right. You know, so it was a lot of things going good down there. And so I took the opportunity. And I, I didn't never – I never wanted to look back and say, uh, I wish I would have done it. I wish I would have done it. I wish I would have tried it. And, right. you know, by going down there and taking the opportunity, you know, I, I knew I could check that off and saying, you know, no matter what the outcome was. Got down there, had, you know, learned a lot, signed a lot of great kids. Some kids are still playing now. Um, had a chance, to, you know, we won a conference championship in 2018. Got a chance to go to the NCAA tournament, which was uh, unreal, uh, just unreal experience. Uh, but then, you know, <clears throat> so what's the biggest difference? What's the biggest difference for the listener between what you were doing at the at the high school level and then moving to the collegiate level? What what the biggest I mean, difference? Pros, pros, pros and cons. So well, people well, that are listening. Well, I'll just say the biggest difference was I went from making decisions to making suggestions. You know, that's the biggest difference because, okay. you know, I had been a head coach for 20 years and now I was uh, in, the, you know, I was now an assistant coach where. You know, you can make suggestions, but I can tell you, uh, you know, it was a great learning curve for me as well. Uh, it, one of the things that probably led to me uh, transitioning back to high school was I had been a head coach for 20 years, and that was a different move for me. Right. And, again, I'm, I wasn't, you know, above being an assistant or anything like that. It's just that 20 years being calling the shots, it, it's, it's, it's a tough deal. It's uh, a tough to deal. And being an assistant, you know, and I'm not – What about the know, travel? What about the travel? Yeah, well, I mean, that that's part of it, too. That that was probably the bigger part. It was the aspect of me. I got two kids, and I was missing – I had missed all my son's basketball games for two years. I missed all my daughter's cheerleader competitions for two years. And I value those things. You know, right. I didn't want to wake up one day, and they were 17, 18. I'm wondering what the heck happened, you know. <laughs> so it was just something that I felt like – and then, the you know, the, the, kill, the kicker part was – I'm a purpose-driven person, you know, and right. I like to operate in purpose. And I can tell you this, you know, with me being at the high school level, it was it was more tied into my purpose because I was helping kids get to the next phase of their life. Whether right. it was college basketball or not, I felt like my purpose was being activated in, in, a, in, in a mighty way. Right. And, you know, when you're dealing with the colleges, it's just a business. It's not about, you know, uh, you know, purpose and all. It's a business. It, it really is. It's a, it's a billion, with a B, billion-dollar industry. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's yeah, it's yeah. about wins and losses. It's about all that. But, you know, I, I'm more about trying to help kids and mentor kids and, 
put them on the right path. It's, it's like a ministry for me. So that's the way I kind of view it. And so, you know, the opportunity came for uh, me to, you know, I, I was, you know, uh, Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline interested in you know pace was interested in me and i was interested in pace and we made it happen and you know now i'm at pace and you know my kids go there is pace a, is pace a boarding school or is pace a day no school? no it's, it's a private school but it's not a boarding school it's not a boarding school okay so it's private but not boarding okay um yeah. so yeah so the, that sounds very similar it's like there were there i had some opportunities too and it's like i'm not leaving i don't, I don't really want to spend july in vegas away from my kids in a gym you know it's like those kind of things it's like it, it, there's just there's definitely a sacrifice for that um right. like collegiate I, 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 like, I don't i don't you know i'm not knocking the guys that do it you know at all no. they, some guys make it work make it happen but for me it was just not in my best interest yeah it, it, it's a it, I, I think it's almost harder when you've been your been the head for a long time too yeah. it's like it's something sometimes i think it's easier for the guys kind of that work themselves up and that's all they know, you know, um, I agree. So pace, how long has pace been open? Pace has been open for like 60 plus years. Okay. Uh, it's, it's a great school. Wendell Carter was a student there, plays for the Bulls. Yep. He graduated from there in 2017. Um, you know, they've asked me, they just had the, the kid, uh, Andrew Thomas, that just got drafted by the New York Giants number four. Uh, he played football there. Uh, so they, they've got a, a long line of, you know, great athletes and great, programs and a great academic uh, standing within the state probably one of the top two or three schools within the, the entire state of Georgia so just a win-win all the way around and you know we, we, we I came there last uh, my first year was 2018-2019 and you know we had a pretty good year 120 games our best player ended up hurting himself in uh, December and we missed him for the better part of the year and we didn't get him back and so we ended up losing the first round of state playoffs but this year we had him back and we had a good group. We had good good players. You know, had a kid Matthew Cleveland that was really really great, along with some other kids that were returning. We only had one senior, and so we ended up winning the state championship this year, and so that was a great. Well, you uh, got it. You got through it. That's good. You're one. Yeah, yeah. A lot of states. Yeah, we, we 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 got through it a week before we we finished a week before everything shut down. So we were very fortunate, and I got a lot of buddies you know around the country yeah. that didn't get a chance to finish, and some of them had great teams, and they were ready to play for a state championship. I had not won one before, and that was the part that was, you know. Oh, it's kill it, it kills me. Yeah, it was tough. It, I know, and it's like you can't like, and then, and then like two or three weeks after it happened, like there's petitions and postpone it, and then it's like you can't like you postpone it for two months. The kids are like out of shape. I mean, it's just, uh, it's just, yeah, it's, it was a losing. Yeah, it's so sad, so sad. Um, all right, so let's talk. Let's talk practice drills and stuff. Let's do that. Um, okay. Uh, I mean, I have a PowerPoint that I can sure. Like, you want to do that? You want to jump that on, and we can just talk through that. That'd be that'd yeah. work. So you see the share screen on the bottom. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then I got some. We'll we'll talk. Oh, awesome, that works. Yeah, just a couple of things I want to say about practice and practice drills, what have you. I always tell coaches they got to have a method to their practice madness. Uh, I know that that's something that, um, 
Let me just do it like this. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I know that's something that, you know, people, everybody does practice different. You know, I, it's not no one correct way to do practice, but I think you got to have a method to it and make sure that you're covering the right things. Uh, have a plan, uh, be organized. I tried to make sure I practice, uh, do my practice plans ahead of time, meaning, you know, days before. And when do you do them? I've always asked coaches because I've been talking to a lot of coaches in the last couple of weeks. When do you do your practice plans? Do you do? You well, it just depends, you know, because you got the balance of life too. So, but I try <laughs> to do them at least two to three days out. Uh, okay. And at the worst, you know, the day before, the, the night before. But anyway, it gives me a chance to think it through. Right. Like that's the part that I'm, I'm really getting at. You, you want to be able to have a chance to think it through. Um, you know, it might be certain things you want to see, certain matchups you want to see. I tell guys all the time, have your groups already set up, your five-man groups, your four-man groups, your three-man groups. Have those groups already set up and get, you know, what you want to get out of, like certain guys you want to see go against each other. Right. And, you know, again, just have your points of emphasis because what you're going to what you're going to emphasize is what you tend you tend to get right I, I do that too it's like I try to mix up my groups a lot and I always have them ready um I don't know how many assistants you have but I always have the other assistants getting groups ready a drill ahead like if I'm finishing up something for six minutes then he's he one of them has usually is getting the next group ready but I, I I love that idea of like I always do that too about having groups you know, here's my groups of four. Here's my group. They're, we're ready yeah, to rock yeah. and roll. Yeah. So then you just calling out names. You're not saying you, yeah. you, 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 yeah. and you, you know, and it, you know, I try to make it so this, you know, like I say, sometimes I might put my best player in a group with three other guys that might be the 11, 12, and 13th yeah. guy just to see how he's going to respond to playing with that group. Can he will that group to win the, the drill competition or the whatever competition we're having in practice or, you know, will he, cause he'll make those guys better if he can make those guys feel like they're competing and feel like they're better. And so again, just the reasoning for that. And then uh, I always said, you know, give coaches ownership, assistant coaching, some type of ownership in practice. And that means, you know, like if, if we're working on a defensive drills, uh, two guys coach the offense, you coach them up on offense, just things of that nature. Uh, I try to, t you know, I got this from Dick Bennett. Also, I was on a call with uh, Jeff, Van, Jeff Van Gundy, uh, last week with USA Basketball, and we were, and he was saying the same thing. But what we try to do is do the things that occur most in a game with practice. You know, yeah. like I'm not going to spend 20 minutes on sideline out of bounds because we, we might do that maybe twice in a game. Right. So you got to make sure you're practicing the right things and make sure you do, like you said, do the things that occur most in the game. I, I think young, I, I think young coaches, especially, especially right now, there's, there's like 8 billion clinics going on. It's almost too much for me. I feel like my head's going to explode. Right. Um, but it, it's great. I, the people that are doing all this stuff. It's like, Oh my God, there's you're, you are safe. You are keeping people sane. But right. it's like if you're if your team doesn't shoot threes in transition, then don't practice shooting threes in transition. Right. <laughs> if you do, you work on that. Like if you if you don't work on hedge on a screen, then why are you working on that? I mean, there's just right. I think that's like so important for young coaches because they see a drill and they go, "Oh, that looks like a good drill." But does yeah. that drill correlate to what you're yeah, doing? Yeah, man. And I, I remember being that young coach when I, I do too. I, first I do too. Coaching. I was trying to. I went to a <laughs> University of Kentucky. Uh, clinic and Tubby Smith was speaking and I swear I wrote down every drill and I tried to go back in and incorporate every drill and that's when I learned you might go to a clinic and this might be one thing you can use I call them golden nuggets you'll find yeah, one or you, two you, golden you get that one thing and you you ride it and, and that's what it that's what it is it is I remember going to Minneapolis watch coach K right after he won his first 
national titles, like, I don't know, 90 something. And I remember literally coming home with a yellow pad full of stuff. And I'm going to do all this stuff that coach can. It's like, I was coaching like sophomore boys basketball. I'm not going to like. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, when I did that, I was coaching middle school. So I know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about. I know. But uh, then I'll try to make sure you got a competitive setting. Uh, make sure that everything, you know, I try to do a, a lot of things. Majority of things we do in practice is a competition. Okay. It's winners and losers. Yep. And, you know, we with enough live segments built into that, we're not just going 2 on 0 3 on 0 We're going live in, in most of the segments we're going in practice. But I go back to the winners and losers thing because we did something uh, while I was back at Miller Grove that worked really, really well for us. Normally when you do a competition, losers run. Well, we, we, we flipped it and we said, all right, if you win the competition, winners have to run. And it, it, it kind of startled our guys at first because it's like, why do we got to run and we won? Well, I said, don't you want the opportunity to try to get better? And you get better by running that sprint or running that suicide for winning. And they took to it. And so, you know, we do winners okay, run. So, so very, very rarely do I hear stuff I haven't heard, Coach. I love that. Yeah. So winners now, how, no. Okay, so I've been coaching for 30 years. So how long did it take for them to buy into that? Because I can just hear my gym right now. What are you talking? Yeah, it, 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 <laughs> we, once once we explained what it was that what it was really about, meaning if you get a chance to run, you're going to get better because of that running. And don't you want to get better? And they bought it. And you know, like we start off the year, we start practicing, we start off with normal losers run. Right. And then about three weeks in, we'll start with winners run. And when you start seeing guys upset about losing because they don't get to run that's when you know you got something special right you know and so every team i've, I've been a part of we've done that uh you know and, and it's it's it's, it's I love that. great yeah I love and so that now we and then when you get to a certain point you just mix it up sometimes losers run sometimes winners run you know it just mixes it up but again what, what percentage of practice do you think is is five on five or live Live. When I say live, I don't, that don't necessarily mean five on five for me. That okay. could be a two on two, a three on three, but it's live meaning we're competing against. Oh, you're competing. Stuff. Okay, you're competing. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, uh, you know, you'll see. I'm gonna I'm gonna rock through kind of like some of our stuff we do. Okay. And then you'll be able to kind of see okay. like okay. We, we do a lot of live stuff. Um, I do and, too. and then uh, last thing I would say, just get winning thoughts. You know, like you know, at, at USA Basketball, we call it uh, mind candy. But make it relative to what's going on at the at the time. Don't just give a random uh, quote that doesn't have anything that they can't relate to or that they can't understand at the time. Now, make it relative to what you're doing. And so that's what I would say. Um, it's a couple of defensive drills. We do what we call one-on-one uh, -on -one verticals. You know, everybody generally does the zigzag. And, what, uh, and I, I do that to a certain extent, too, sometimes. But I try to add, you know, some some things that will make – uh, it more real, which is okay. things are more relative to when you actually play a game. So this vertical slide uh, is is more or less we're on the sidelines and, and the guys, you'll see that they'll start dribbling and then the right. guy will come back and then he's got to beat them back to that spot vertically, which is more of a real type of uh, dribbling or, or defending type of deal. He's got to beat them back to the spot. They dribble, they retreat dribble, and then they got to, you know, again, try to beat them back to the spot. I love that drill. We do that drill. We do a variation of that drill where we're pretending like he gets beat. So we make we, we make them talk in this drill because high school kids never talk. Right. So we, we call help, help, help. Like I'm getting beat, so someone's going to come. And then as soon as they yell help, then the dribbler has to slow. 
retreat. And then I, I love that. That's a great drill. I love that drill. I love that drill. So uh, then we'll, we'll do a one-on-one pin drill, which is kind of a variation of zigzag. But uh, what we do is we'll go zigzag to half court. Okay. Um, and then when it gets to half court, it's live. They go live to the rest of the, the rest of the court. And so you can see one of our bigger guys is guarding one of our guards. And this is good. That's another thing that I think you do as well. You, uh, you try to make different matchups. You don't try to go guards against guards. I try. What we do is we tell the guys, okay, go pick someone that's going to make you better. Don't go pick your friends. Don't go pick someone that's not going to – go. Pick, it, it could be the best player on the team. you got to go – you know, try to go at them and try to make sure you're getting better in the process. And so – or you might just say, I want bigs against guards today, where a big guy has to guard a guard or a guard has to guard a big. And, you know, it works on both sides of the ball because, again, if it's a big dribbling, he's got to be protective of his dribble because that guard is going to be up in him and, and forcing him to you know, take care of the ball. And on the other hand, you know, that guard has to guard that big. He's got to make sure that he, you know, try to get up in him or try to, you know, make sure that he's not getting uh, bullied in the manner. Right. Uh, again, B. So, uh, again, I would just say do those types of things uh, just to mix it up. Then we do what we call – you know, one-on-one post, one-on-one perimeter. Uh, we'll have all the post guys in the in, in the post area. Okay. Uh, we'll have two guys up first, offensive guy, defensive guy. And then we'll have a perimeter guys out on the, on the edge here. And then they'll have one defensive guy, one offensive guy. So what happens is we'll throw the ball inside to the post guy, and he has four seconds to try to score against his defender. And then once they finish that that segment, you know, with the, with a score or you know, a, a, you know, missed shot, whatever the case is, when that segment ends, um, we throw a ball to the wing to where the guard is, and then they play one on one from the perimeter. So killing a couple of birds there. We we we're working right. on our post entry feeds, our posting up, our post defense, and then we're working on our uh, perimeter defense and our perimeter offense. So here it is, right here. Hey everybody, I hope you're enjoying this. Um... Make sure if you want to hear more, go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. If you want to hear other podcasts, go over and check out High School Hoops and Teacher Side Gig by Coach Collins. And subscribe, like, review all of them. Five-star reviews would be nice. Have a great day. Sports Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.